This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. It's a Friday in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers have put their first week of OTAs in the books, and uh, they'll be going uh, back at it again next Tuesday. Nice. Uh, obviously, we won't be doing a show on Monday. Yeah, holiday so weekend. Happy Memorial Day at all. Yes, certainly. And we want to thank uh, everybody who has made Memorial Day possible. For sure. Um, let's get into the football talk. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Matt, I'm looking here. I've got a, a, a thing on NFL.com. It's the uh, ranking the next-gen, per the next-gen stats, the mm-hmm. top 10 disruptors in football last season. Okay, we're talking about defensive players, I defensive assume. Defensive players okay. who were the most okay. disruptive. Um, and, they, they're, again, they're using next-gen stats here, so they, they're measuring this by the number of disruptions that, would be, I guess, would be – you know, run I'm plays. Not sure how they define it. Run plays that are stuffed in the backfield, mm-hmm. uh, sacks, and quarterback hits. I, I wonder if they make if you like get in the backfield and like the Shazier plays he used to make. Get in the backfield, don't make the play, but you make the running back stop his feet. You know, yeah. three yards behind the line of scrimmage. I assume that would count too. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, so number ten on the list is Robert Quinn. He's played well. Uh, now he only had two sacks last year. Yeah, but he had forty six total disruptions. Wow. So his disruption rate was fifteen percent, mm-hmm. even though he's his kind of a late rate, career resurgence. Yeah. he's been pretty good lately. Uh, the sack rate was only 07 percent, but the disruption rate he was, he was very disruptive. When he was with the Rams a year before, we saw this with Leonard Floyd, who went from Chicago to the Rams. Everyone's number spikes when you're with the Rams because yeah. you always get single coverage, and so there was some worry about that with Quinn. But no, I mean he's been even better. Number nine, Rashawn Gary. Wow! Didn't love him coming out of college. I didn't um, notice it. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah, that, well, that he only had me. he only had five sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Now he only played four hundred and thirty six of Green Bay's nine hundred seventy four. Sn- he's not snaps. even every down player. So, but he was disruptive when he was on the field. He had thirty nine okay. total disruptions. That gave him a disruption rate of fifteen point one percent. Again, only the five sacks, but he you know he made plays when he was yeah. on the field. I mean, they're basically a three-four, but I mean, we know that's not really what anyone does anymore. It's, it, but then the Smith brothers—they're not brothers, but they're yeah. both Smiths are the outside guys, and Zadarius can kick in, Gary can kick in. So their packages, I assume, or I know, in third and longs are the three of them out there in some way, shape, or form. So he's definitely out there in high opportunity situations. Yes, so yeah. let me put it that way. Number eight, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, he's legit. Uh, he had 66 total disruptions last year. His disruption rate was 15.2%. Uh, he had eight sacks and a sack rate of 1.8%. Not nearly the year that he had that he had, had two the years ago. sack numbers, no, yeah. for sure. Uh, but still solid last year. Very he, solid, yeah. If he's yeah. a top 10 type of guy, he's another one. Like, his time in Denver, he played limited snaps because they had Von Miller, of course, yeah. DeMarcus Ware, and then they drafted um, Chubb. Chubb. So he kind of got the short end of the stick, but when he got a chance to be a full-time guy, and I'm not supplying Gary would be the same way, but you never know. If he could be a full-time guy, you know, he really thrived in Tampa, obviously. Uh, number seven, guy that we've talked about a lot, Carl Lawson. 
Yeah, he's a really good player. Carl Lawson, he he only had five and a half sacks last year, but he had 60 total disruptions, a disruption rate of 15.2%, a sack rate of Mm -hmm. 1.4%. He wasn't really a full-time player for them. No, I think he will be in New York. He will be. They paid him him money. Right. Anyone remembers Robert Solo, the Jets' new head coach, comes over from the Niners when they had Bosa and Armstead and Buckner. and I mean, that defense is all about applying pressure with four and now he's got Quinn and Williams and some underrated defensive tackles, but Lawson was their big ticket item for that exactly that role. The one thing that he really excels at is his get-off. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the third fastest average get-off in the league last year, wow. 0.73 seconds. Okay, that's why Villanueva struggled with him. Absolutely. Um, you know, so yeah. again, T.J. Watt gets get off under the ball your pads really too. quickly. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. Lawson's not the tallest guy either. I mean, he, can, he plays low. He, he, I really like him. I liked him a lot coming out of Auburn. That was the year yeah. the Steelers took Watt. I did as well. Uh, number six, Aaron Donald. Only wow. sixth You'd on this be list. Uh one. 79 total disruptions. That's a 15.5% uh, rate. He had 13 and a half sacks. Uh, that was 2.6% rate on the sacks. He just gets, you know... So he's getting more attention he's than getting, anyone you listed. That's he's for getting sure. a lot of attention, yeah, and he's not playing part time. He's on the field no, full time. No, and through injuries and all those things. And I know some people are around here, although the pit ties are nice, are a little upset that he beat out Watt for Defensive Player of the Year, and might even look to this as a uh, to back that argument. But he's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. Number five on the list from last year, Bud Dupree. Hmm. Bud Dupree had 50 total disruptions. His disruption rate was 15.7%. He had a sack rate of 2.5% on his eight sacks. Again, remember, he missed part of the year. Right, right. He was playing really well really when he got well. hurt last year. A lot of impact plays, to your point. You know, I mean, if you just would watch his highlight tape in particular, you'd be, wow. You know, I mean, a lot of impact plays. Here's a little stat for you. Dupree and T.J. Watt were the league's top two players in average pass rush get-off at .72 seconds. Really? Lawson was third. Watt and Dupree were tied for first. Wow, wow. Interesting. I mean, they both have great first steps. They're both both very explosive. They wouldn't have been my choices, though, probably, as best get-off in the league. You know, I, mean, I knew it's good. I wouldn't have thought it was one and two, though. Yeah, I wow. mean, this, this, they work at that. The Steelers work at it's it every day before practice. Coaches might have to do this. Yeah, you know, right. Um, and, again, so when you talk about – we, we spoke with Alex Highsmith earlier this week, and he talked about that being the one thing that he wanted to work on this year. He wanted to work on his get-off. Maybe this is being, <laughs> maybe this is trickling down through the organization. Yeah. Yeah, there might be a reason that that's the words he used because you can you can be uh, again. Highsmith was a four-seven guy mm-hmm. at the combine, uh, but if your get-off is really, splits Carl Lawson more, was right. not a fast guy. No, I think he ran like a four-eight. Yeah, and he was a little lighter too. But again, that get off is is yeah. where you you know that that quick first step that if you beat the Without tackle, question. it's what Highsmith talked about. If I can beat the tackle to his spot, mm-hmm. then I can use my moves on him. If he beats me to that spot and gets and gets set up, now you're in trouble. Remember Elvis Doomerville? Yeah, he was like he had like a million sacks at Louisville. That's where he went, I think. Yeah, he was really short. He was like under six foot. Ran like a four nine. But he but had that spin he move. Had that, and, he had a yeah. really, really good 10, and he had a great you know, uh, get-off, and he was really, really low in like a James Harrison fashion. And guys like Villanueva would probably hate playing against him. Yeah. You know? yeah. So number four on the disruption rate, Miles Garrett. 
Well, that certainly adds up. 15.7%. He had a 2.7% sack rate. Uh, he had 70 total disruptions and 12 sacks. And to his credit, I mean, he pretty much publicly came out and said, I got COVID and it's given me a little bit of a hard time too. You know, like uh, he, there was a stretch there that he was um, feeling the effects. And he was taking himself in and out of games. He mm-hmm. was, yeah, he was, he was struggling. Number three, Trey Hendrickson. Wow. At 17.5%. Now, again, so the he Bengals was a, swap one out for the other. He was a part-time player. He was. Uh, he had a 4.1% sack rate. That's not sustainable. No, no. He he had his best year as a pro yeah. in, New England, in New Orleans last year. He had 57 total disruptions. So he was getting home when he was on the field, but he was not a full-time player. Um, he's <laughs> going to be a full-time player for the Bengals this year. He is. And he gets the job done, and there's a lot of ways to get the job done. And we're not selling jeans here, as they say in Moneyball. But I've heard a really funny description of Hendrickson. Is he looks like a long snapper. <laughs> like, he doesn't look the part. He doesn't wear flashy pads. I forget what number he wears, but it's kind of like in the 40s or something like yeah. that. He doesn't look the part. I mean, he's like a knuckleball pitcher. And he had six and a half sacks in his first three seasons. Yeah, right. I mean, right. last year was really the outlier. It was the outlier. Yeah. Uh, number two, Joey Bosa. Yeah. I and mean, 17.6, yeah. People don't realize how good he's been since he's been in the league. 17.6% disruption rate, 2.4% sack rate, 54 total disruptions, seven and a half sacks last year. Again, missed time. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to stay on the field, and they don't have a compliment to him right now. They don't. Which that's is a, a problem. little bit of a problem, but he isn't listed enough with the – the elite edge guys, you know, the Garretts and Watts and those. He's right there with all of them. His At some brother, point, though, you wonder, more you wonder, though, if the Bosa brothers, because they've both been nicked up mm-hmm. throughout their career, if they just aren't, that's not who they are. It could be. I mean, it could be genetics or the way they've trained or the way they were raised or mommy didn't give enough milk. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but they look the part and they're yeah. pretty good with their own field. And that leaves us with number one. That was T.J. Watt. Not surprising at all. 18.4% disruption rate, 3.4 sack rate, uh, 80 total disruptions, 15 sacks last year. Again, that, that get off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got a lot more attention. Oh, yeah. After yeah. Bud Dupree was out. For those, those last five games, he was, I mean, it was, I can recall sitting in the press box and watching, like, he's fighting through two and three guys to get to the quarterback because yeah. that's the kind of attention that he got. He really did. And, uh, didn't sneak up on anybody, that's for sure. And I bet there's no stat for this, but I'm sure Aaron Donald's in the conversation. Watt had to lead the league in holds that weren't called. That weren't called, yeah. <laughs> that weren't called. There were a there lot of times where where he would get tackled behind the quarterback and he would just get up and look at the official with his right. arms and you're like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah, holding's legal now. Yeah. You know, right, so I thought that hurt his production as much as anyone I saw in the league. That was the thing. I mean, we saw, you know, Watt had 15 sacks last year. We talked about Barrett. He had 19 and a half the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, sacks were down across the league. Yeah, they were, huh? I think crowd noise is something to do with it, too. Crowd noise is something to do with it, but certainly those, you know, the lack of holding penalties. I wonder if we see a, the league go back to a... I hope so. I mean, I know what the league wants. They want offense, and they... I say this every day, I feel like, but there's such an advantage to the defensive lineman over the offensive lineman in the league that they're trying to make it as even as possible and level the playing field. But you can't have people dragging everyone down. Like It's almost like playoff hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the Penn game the other night, and it's like 
cross checks are legal now. <laughs> you know, like, th does that make things better? Just play the game the way it's drawn up. Yeah, you know? I, I don't think it makes it better. Um, you know, when when your offensive line can just get away with mauling, that just blatant? just tackling right. guys. Now, maybe Steeler fans will feel differently about that this year with their line. <laughs> Especially if they're a little bit longer developing pass plays, and they've and got some their yeah, lines aren't as good as they yeah or, they got, or for work in progress. Yeah, but if it really becomes a trend more than this year, or it's like a common thing, do you draft pass rushers as high then? Like, you know, do you do you reassess your team building a little bit and think, maybe? And, and do you draft linemen as high? Well, we don't need to use a high pick on this guy. Right, because... I just need a guy that's good at holding. <laughs> you know, what I mean? doesn't get caught. Yeah. Or even then, like, do I do I devise pressure by having really good cover guys and blitzing so they come free and don't get held, as opposed to having the Watts and Donalds of who the world. win their one on ones. Yeah, I mean, because if they win their one on one, they just get dragged down anyways. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, th I think it's uh, certainly uh, worth noting, and we'll see uh, again. Holding penalties were down across the league last year, full penalty per game. Yeah, that doesn't sound like much. It's a ton. But it's a ton, yeah. Yeah, it's another drive killer. It's or, a trend you know, right. that, that, like, it was lower than it had been in more than a decade. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, you, you see, if you look back over, and there's some sites that track this stuff, when you see it's 2.7 or right around there for a decade straight holding penalties per game, and then all of a sudden it falls to 1.7. Right. I mean, it's what, Something's up. To, 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 <laughs> you just look at the percentage of the decline, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and we're scoring changed that much or, you know, field goal kicking or whatever. You know, by the way, teams are throwing the ball more than ever. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's, you know. And even just that one play, if it's one play per game, you don't know that that would have been a sack. And I don't know if it resulted in a positive play, but it would have been a negative play for the, the offense. I can find, I can <clears> find plays where. And there's know, many that aren't being a positive. Yeah, running where the running backs, you know, the, the guy seals the edge by with his arm around the defensive player's neck, mm -hmm. and it turns into a 25-yard run. And sure. It should have been a 10-yard, you know, Or how many way. completions that should have been a flag, and you go backwards. Yeah. You know, or a sack. Yeah, so. No, I don't think it's right. I mean, I'm all for changing the game and trying to make it as – you don't want the defensive line to totally dominate. Especially but. since the other side of the equation, the other part of that is they're calling more penalties downfield. More, more pass play. interference right. and more defensive holding, like – I get it. You want more offense, but sure. You know what's the cost here? What's the cost? I mean, because we've all been watching. We know the difference. I mean, we know what should be called. I mean, you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. Yeah, yeah. I um, that part. Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders put mm -hmm. out a, a piece here as well. Yeah, this was good. Uh, predicting the top, the teams that will have the top ten picks in that next year's draft. Yeah, yeah. Based on their analytics, what the mm -hmm. what everything shows. They have a DVO DVOA grade on everyone and who they're playing and history shows that when you switch quarterbacks, you usually go backwards or you know, they have a lot of trends that are really held up over the test of time. And, and things like we mentioned with the Steelers, offense is more predictive than defense, you know, things like that. So, this is a good list. Um, I'm going to go from the bottom up. Because go from one to I'm going to go from ten, 10 to one. one. Okay. Ten to one. Number ten for for the Football Outsiders is Jacksonville. Yeah, which is optimistic. Very. Like, optimistic. They should look at that yeah. as a positive, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be a, a pretty big improvement because to get to ten, you're probably winning six games mm -hmm. somewhere in that range. Yeah, maybe more in a seventeen game season. Yeah, yeah you might be, you know, eight and nine. Uh, they say I, the, I assume a lot of that has to do with a bad division. They say the the best case scenario for the Jaguars. Um, 
he said the young quarterback develops uh, and everything goes right for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but even at that, if everything goes right for him, you still have uh, a defense that's not. No, I mean, they're still a work in they're progress. They're very the much least. in progress. Right. And they've, they've spent a lot of their resources on weapons around Lawrence, which we've seen is a huge trend in this league. They're all young. Yeah. They're, if they can put all those pieces together, I mean, I bet they pick in the top ten. Yeah. Number nine, you're going to be surprised by this one. The Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I have higher hopes for them than that. I'm curious what the logic is. Well, he says that, you know, if you look at their offense from last year, it was very average. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if you take out the Week 17 game they played against the Kansas City's backups. You have to do those things. Yeah. Football Sires is good about you know, figuring those things out. He said on defense um, – there really isn't the kind of talent base that you would need to predict a major improvement, even with the likely return of Derwin James from two years' worth of injuries. Um, I, I, I kind of get it. I mean, we talked, get it. We yeah. talked about Bosa. They're, they have no pass rusher opposite Bosa. No. Um, and they also used a first-round pick, though, on Murray and Tillery and some of these guys in the recent years you would think would get better that haven't been massive impact guys. Um, I mean, I'm sure they'll be the first to tell you that even if he's great, a strong safety return doesn't change your season around. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and one thing I have heard about Herbert that's a little worrisome is his numbers in a clean pocket weren't awesome. You know, he handled yeah. pressure remarkably well, which you love, but it's also very predictive of how do you perform in a clean pocket. And these were okay. They weren't special. Yeah. You know, and you make you wonder a little bit. They've also been a team that has underachieved consistently. Yeah, I was say if that... Regardless of who the coach has been, it's Since a new forever. staff. They're, they're getting, you know, we'll see how long mm-hmm. it takes them to, to kind of get into, you know, what Staley wants to do with them. Sure. Um, they play in a, you know, I don't know this, but I assume history shows that new coaches don't just come in and light the place on fire and do great. And I, I just interrupted you there, but I assume you're saying their home field advantage stinks. Yeah. I don't know if they have <laughs> one. I don't know if they have one. Yeah. It might be a disadvantage, right? Number eight, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's where they're headed. I don't think Jalen Hurts will be their quarterback a year from now. I, I don't think so either. Yeah. I think that'll be a failed experiment. Mm-hmm. Like they have three first-round picks probably next year. Wentz works out. They're, they're building, I think, to replace them. And they've got some, you know, some of those, even the linemen that are coming back, they're, they're older guys. They're older, the Lane Johnsons you're, you and know, you're, you're counting on Darius Slay to, to continue yeah. to, yeah. like, okay, he's 30 now. They've like, been hit by injuries a lot lately, but could be because they're getting they're old. They're old, too. Right, yeah. right, right. Number seven, the Detroit Lions. I would take that if I were the Lions. Okay. That's a pretty guess, successful I think that's year. right where they drafted this year, though. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. It is right. <laughs> I mean, they're interesting to me because they have a line. Their quarterback needs to be protected and should be. Where are the weapons, though? Yeah, they want to play a certain style, but they don't have the defense to do it. So are they going to be coming from behind, throwing to no receivers? You know what I mean? Like, early in the games, I can see them hanging around and dumping it to Swift and early, you know, short throws to Hawkinson and, you know, but their defense can't play like that. You know, they're not going to win short, tight games. Uh, they, got, they got a lot of work to do. Number six, the Chicago Bears. Two really bad teams in the NFC North. <laughs> yeah. I bet that shocks people. I mean, that they think the Lions are going to have a better year than the Bears. I mean, Fields, 
Badger not much better. Team, not much, but they were a playoff <laughs> team last year. They got real. I mean, if you look back at that playoffs, year, they, did, though, they didn't belong. They won. A, they won two or three games that they had no business of winning. And then they got throttled in the playoffs. Yeah. And they were not like a they beat team. Tampa early in the season last year. They had no business winning that game. No, right. But even if Fields doesn't play, they're better at quarterback. Yeah, defense is good. They were fifteenth in DVOA last year. They were they were middle of the pack, and yet mm-hmm. they well that adds they up. outperformed that. Yeah, yeah. They're... I don't know. That, that one shocks me. That kind kind of comes back to the mean a little bit. Um, but what if Andy Dalton's the starter for the first I don't know six games? How many mm-hmm. of those are they winning? I don't know. I still think it's better than last year, but I guess that's not the point. It's <laughs> where, where are you this year? Where are you now? Right, yeah. right. Okay, number five. The Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I would be optimistic if I was a Bengals fan, though. They're they're trending and they're making moves that you would hope pan out, but they're they were starting at so low two years ago. Right. I mean, they were easily the worst team in football two years ago. I mean, we've read this story before in Cincinnati. I mean, they're not a traditionally winning organization, and you pick earlier year after year, there should be some optimism. I believe in Burrow. I have some questions about the coaching staff. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, like when you look at the the AFC North, I think it's pretty clear that one coach is less than the other three. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least in track record, that's worrisome. And you got three really tough teams with division. I mean, are they could be one and five in the division. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Something like that. I mean, get get. get a I, I had uh, I on on one of my stories this week on DK Pittsburgh Sports. One of the commenters said, "You know, if on paper the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC North." I'm like, "What are you smoking?" I don't think that's true. The Bengals, uh, Bengals D's. The Bengals defense is atrocious. The Steelers, I mean, the Steelers weapons can hang with Cincinnati's. Yeah, their line's about the same. Uh, the defense isn't even close. No. <laughs> you know, so Ben Roethlisberger played the worst game of his career. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not stretching this. He played no, the worst was, game of his career last year in Cincinnati. It was horrendous, right? Um, you know, chances that happening again are pretty yeah. slim. That's where the Bengals are at. Number four, the New York Giants. Not a ring endorsement for Daniel Jones. It is not. There's a lot because they're giving him pieces. Yes. And if they end up number four, he will not be the quarterback. No, I mean I think two is at that stage of his career. Jalen Hurts, you know, where a lot of these teams. Pick up an extra first-round pick, oh, by the way, in case it doesn't work out, and put all kinds of weapons around their young quarterback, and it's sink or swim time for Daniel Jones. I'm not betting on a swim. But, Number, boy, that's pretty early. Yeah. Number three, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I knew they were really down on him. I'm not exactly sure why. The offense looks like it should be better, I would think. Better. McCaffrey comes back, yeah. and Darnold at least will let him fly. But is Darnold going to turn the football over 25 times? Right, and then the defense gets exposed. And Say what you want about Bridgewater, but he is kind of the defense's best friend. Yeah. Yeah, He doesn't put him in bad situations. Really conservative, and that doesn't – yeah, that that kind of covers up your – helps your defense out by, you know, you'd much rather punt than throw interceptions. There was so much talk about them going all in on Watson or Wilson or, you know, they settled on Darnold and, you know, some of those guys really didn't become available. But I I, kind of thought a lot of the time during that process, like – Sure, that's great, but they're almost acting like their defense is fixed. Yeah, you're after not. One you're draft. not at that point yet. Yeah, you're not at that point yet. I mean, it, it, 
four, you know, have none, no first round picks the next four years or whatever, <laughs> and just think your defense is good enough as is because yeah. you went seven, all seven picks. For last Watson, year on that would have been trading one bad situation for another. Yeah, right. I mean, it's still he has to do all the work. Yeah, yeah, they could have a bad year. That division isn't easy either. No, it's not. No. Number two, the Houston Texans. I can't believe they're not one. It, it is hard to believe. Yeah. But they do play in a division where maybe they maybe, maybe they split with or... Jacksonville. Maybe they sneak up on. I mean, they, you know, last year Jacksonville beat Indianapolis in the opener. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know. yeah, I think the Colts and Titans and Jags are vulnerable. Um, Houston doesn't play a particularly difficult schedule. They just, I think they have the worst roster in the league. They just don't have any. Right, yeah. and a new coach who's very unproven and right bad. Yeah, I mean they're trying to build some. Some chemistry there, some care, you know, some uh, some leadership, rebuild the whole roster, but that isn't going to go well. well. They, they're rebuilding the roster with a bunch of free agents that that aren't borderline that just, players. That right. doesn't work in the NFL. No, no, it's been it proven time and again that that's didn't have early picks this year. Yeah, right. I think they're in a really bad place. I mean, they they're at this situation now because Bill O'Brien essentially continually gave away all their draft picks. Right. That they kind of have to just blow. You want to talk about a team that needs to blow it up? That's what they they're doing right now. They, they they don't have a choice. They, they have, have to blow choice. it up. Yeah, they need to get the first or early pick next year. Hopefully, that's a quarterback that's worth it. With Rattler or whoever, yeah. they're it is. the 60s Steelers right now. Yeah, right. they gave right, away. Right. Okay, we're just going to trade away all these draft picks, and they sat down at the poker table and threw their cards away. You know? yeah. yeah, right. And what they need to happen and with all respect to the women that are you know in the Watson situation they need him to get cleared so they can they need some they so need they some kind of into something they you know, need even, some some kind of closure on that situation so he can be traded so he can either be traded or they can just simply move on but you much rather i mean they need the only way they can get good things on their team is lose a lot of games which is bound to happen or trade Watson for a lot of good stuff or both and you I can't just get don't anything see, I don't, right I don't now. see them even I just don't see any any way, shape, or form that that thing gets settled in a way that is going to help the Houston Texans. Right. Because there's just too much smoke there. I mean, obviously his market has been compromised, to yes. say the least. We're just talking about football here, obviously. And there's probably a lot of teams that, even if he comes out the other end smelling like roses, aren't interested anymore. Yeah. You know. But yeah. he's going to be a quarterback for somebody, I bet. Not this not year. Not Houston, probably not this year. Might not even be next year. Uh, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, we saw Antonio Brown get suspended mm-hmm. for, what, 10 games last year, or half the season, whatever it was, uh, for one incident. Mm-hmm. Now, it was it was one sexual harassment incident on top of uh, several other things. This right, is, right, right. This is 20-plus sexual harassment <laughs> incidents. Right. I mean, and, and for those who don't realize, the NFL can suspend you whether you're guilty or not. Right. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the court says. They can Again, do whatever they want. Where right. there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, I've talked to players about, uh, you know, off the record about this stuff. You know, the fact that he was using multiple masseuses. is strange. Like, not just five, mm-hmm. but, you know, 25. I mean, his body is his greatest asset as yeah. a professional. And you don't want random people touching it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it will mess me up, you know. Well, who's picking first here? Enough of that. J E T S Jets wow. Jets Jets number one. I think they're pretty distant fourth in their division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, I would imagine Wilson's going to have some growing pains. I'll I'll take their chances. I bet they pick later than the Texans. <laughs> yeah, and they're not good. They're not. 
neither one of those teams are good. I mean, no. you know, who are the Jets beating in their division? I say I bet they're zero and six in the division. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, I, I think they're. I respect their last two off seasons, but it doesn't mean when you line up on Sunday and Week Eight, the guy that you're better than the team across from you ever. Here's a little stat for you, Matt. Since 2013, quarterbacks taken in the top half of the first round who played as rookies found their teams averaging 25th in offensive DVOA. Wow. It's like that's a real stat. That's not yeah. let's manufacture things to make the things sound well. And that applies to Lawrence here, too. And, right. You know, I'm not sure if Lance will even play, but Fields is on that list, too. I mean, three guys. Mac Jones there. is in the top part of the first half, too. Yeah. I mean, they obviously weren't in the top ten, but three teams were. You know, Chicago was surprising to me. Um, you can see that, though. I mean, they're going to bad situations. And probably more importantly, they're asked to play when they yeah. probably aren't quite ready. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? they got to work out the kinks I mean, the again, field. Peyton Manning struggled as a rookie. Troy Aikman struggled yeah. as a rookie when they were forced to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go on down the list of teams that are, are, are players who became good players but when they were forced to play as rookies, there were it was bad to start. There were growing pains. Right, that's right. why that's what made Roethlisberger's rookie season so unique. Yeah, um, that you know they they came in and were fifteen and one with a rookie quarterback. People don't realize this either, but like look at the the recent successes. Like they traded up for Mahomes. They were a playoff team. They were like thirteen wins yeah. or whatever, and he didn't play. As and a he didn't play his whole rookie year. Even Allen and Watson. Those teams were good and traded up to get them. Right. They were playoff teams ahead of schedule. They weren't, you know, they were a quarterback away, but they weren't a wasteland. Yeah. They were good situations where the team had a pick in the 20s. I mean, I think that's what the Bears were feeling here. Like, hey, we were a playoff team. Right. Let's go get our quarterback. We'll get our quarterback. work for these teams. And put them in a good situation. Football side disagrees. Yeah. My biggest takeaway from that is Steeler fans that think that, or. NFL fans that think the Steelers are going to, you know, fall through the, the the floor this year. There's not much to back that up. No, there really isn't. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be picking in the top ten. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for this segment, though. So for my partner, Matt Williamson, for Jacob Brecht here on site, keeping us on the air, I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.